Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Well, good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, and you are uh, listening to Altitude Adjustment. Today, I want to talk about management and leadership, and we're going to do that starting right now. So, um, when I originally started to put material together for this podcast, it was about management. And then um, one of the people that I work with, uh, Warren, mentioned leadership. And leadership and management actually kind of go hand in hand. And so I've um, modified it a little to include management. Give me a second here. Um, back in a previous life, I was a manager and I had an excess of 40 employees that I was responsible for. There were a lot of things that, um, that I got to learn about being a manager and doing the job that I was doing. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was an opportunity to work with some really great people and, uh, I kind of miss it. Uh, but I've moved on to a lot of different other things and I've picked up some additional skills. When I was in management, there was this X versus Y theory that was management by intimidation versus management by cooperation. Um, A lot of managers were using fear and uh, threats and, and, of that nature to keep employees off balance to be able to get them to do what they wanted them to do. And then there was the idea of working with cooperation and that's building a team, uh, getting buy-in from the employees. And I learned the word buy-in, uh, as I've come along later in life. Um, part of my business consulting, small business consulting skills that I've uh, adapted to, Um, But there's the team building and the idea of working together to accomplish a goal. Uh, While I was doing research for this topic, I ran across a poll by Gallup. Uh, It was dated 2014, and Gallup concluded that companies failed to choose the candidate with the right talent for the job on 82% of the time. Now, Gallup has studied the performance of hundreds of organizations and measured the engagement of 27 million employees and more than two and a half million work units over the past two decades. And the study uh, actually used the data, I think, for a longer period than that. And this was across all industry sectors. Also, uh, the research revealed that about one in 10 people possess the talent to manage and, and management or leadership is a talent. It for, comes more natural for some, but uh, it is a talent and it is, and uh, well, I'll go on because they, part, part of the report made it appear that they were saying that managing was innate, that it was more built into the person rather than something that a person learned or picked up. And I have some, disagreements with that, and and I'll get to those in just a second. Uh, Gallup finds that great managers have the following talents. They motivate every single employee to action and engage employees with a compelling mission or vision and vision. 
they have the assertiveness to drive outcomes and the ability to overcome adversity and resistance. So uh, these managers basically create their own success. They also create a culture of clear accountability. They build relationships that create trust, open dialogue, and full transparency. They make decisions based on productivity and not on politics. And I, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the different management styles that or several different management styles that I've encountered. When I was looking up management styles, it mostly revolved around five or seven, five between five and seven. Most of the places that I, I visited talked about five or different. And what I think it actually comes down to is between the X and the Y. Most management styles are either um, the manager is driving everything or the manager is accomplishing everything through employees. The study basically says the managers are born and not made, which is what I mentioned earlier. And with some, uh, uh, but they did talk about that, that some of the skills can be adapted or some of the managers can adapt to different skills. Um, so my definition or my explanation of a manager, what a manager's responsibility is, is a manager has to, uh, and what I was taught, a manager has to eliminate their position. And what that means is a manager should manage with the, with the idea that they're eliminating their job. They train their employees to think for themselves, to respond, to react, to accomplish without having to be having to have oversight or uh, someone constantly edging them on or checking up on them or, or um, to give them a sense of what the team is trying to accomplish, how they're part of that team and how their behavior and their efforts help make the team successful. And um, part of that is, and going back to the 82% of bad management, bad selection for management is that, um, Team selection is a huge part of a manager's success. Yes, you want to take employees, whoever comes through the door, whoever walks in and is able to accomplish the job, but also you want um, what a lot of, uh, you, what you may hear a lot about is corporate culture or the culture of the company. And so, so like IBM was suit and tie, white shirt, black tie, back, way back when. I'm sure things may be a little different now. But it was white, black shirt, white tie. And hold on a second here. Got something going on. Ah, I'll have to do it later. So anyway, uh, it was black shirt, white tie. Uh, it was, uh, that was the culture. You lived within those parameters. You did those kinds of, uh, so, so they were, they were pretty strict on certain behaviors for a long time. Uh, certain high, uh, was management managers wore shirts and ties. 
uh, and long sleeve shirts at that. It wasn't short sleeve shirts because it was considered too casual to wear a short sleeve shirt. But that sets up or makes up the culture with within the company. The company decides what kind of environment that they want to keep. And then the employee fits into that environment. So uh, uh, the, the when choosing employees, it is important to make sure that uh, you pick people that are going to thrive in that environment or at least prepare them to thrive in that environment. So the actual managing of uh, employees starts even before they sign on with the company. It's that interview, that whole interview process is about making sure that you're going to find someone that is going to be successful in your environment and and help you become successful as a company. Now, I tend to not think that um, managing is about managing employees, about making someone do a job or making, it's about providing an environment for someone to flourish. You manage situations and not people. And I'll explain real quick. Most employees, and there are several studies out there. I can't point to anyone now, but, and I, and I usually like to be very thorough, but there were 30 studies uh, over and over that say employees usually are self-motivated. They usually want to do a good job. They want the opportunity to perform and excel because it benefits them to do that. So as a manager, you don't have to try to motivate them. You don't have to try to instill in them company loyalty and all of those kinds of things. That's They come with that. And your job as a manager is to give them the materials and the resources and the time that they need to develop into the best them that they want to be. They can then achieve for you. One of, and I, I'm gonna hold that on, onto that and we'll talk more about some of the management styles and how they affect or impact employees, which is really important. Uh, also, um, one of the things that was, I was taught is that as a manager, your responsibility was to train your replacement. That doesn't mean you're going to, you were going to leave and they brought in someone and then you had to train that replacement. You couldn't get a, a promotion if there wasn't someone in your team that could take over. So it was your responsibility to prepare so that the team performance does not degrade because you move on. Because the company benefits by you making sure that there's consistency. One of the most important, I think, one of the most important things in um, success is... Um, Oh, I had the word right onto my tongue, but it's that consistency. It's that uh, there's not upheaval and constant turmoil 
going on in a department or in a company, but as long as everyone knows what is expected of them, as long as everyone is aware of how to uh, get done what they need to get done, um, the company benefits from that because more people can step up and be able to achieve. And the more people that you have that can achieve, the more successful the company's going to be. Um, and then employee retention. I think a manager's responsibility is employee retention. If a manager has fired two or more people, I am concerned about that manager. Because in the management, pro in the, in the um, selection process, you have to determine who's going to fit into your environment and then give them the opportunity to be successful in that environment. Are you totally responsible for the success of that employee in that environment? Of course not. But you are ma majority of the effort is on you to make sure that that employee is successful in an environment because the training and the, the time it takes to replace that employee and all of the things that go into getting that getting employee up to speed and being productive in a company is expensive. And if you have a large turnover, if you're constantly turning over people, then you're constantly draining resources that can be used on in other departments, in other functions. Um, so, so as a, as a good manager, your responsibility is to make that employee successful, make every employee in your, in your stead successful. Um, so, so those are three things that I think are, are really important in a good leader and a good manager. You, you, if you look at your employees or your coworkers, um, as corporate capital and that was mentioned to me once and it just it rang clear as a bell they are employees are corporate capital there are a lot of cultures or a lot of environments that look at employees as parts on a machine to be replaced if you don't fit I'll get someone else to do the job and Companies ben benefit from having employees stay for long periods of time because we spend billions of dollars training employees on jobs. And every time we that employee uh, an employee moves on, changes, leaves, gets terminated, we lose that <clears throat> pardon me we we lose that investment in their training in their pardon me we lose that investment in their training <clears throat> and the time that we spent to developing that part and it impacts the team every time someone when a team gets settled, when a team builds and becomes productive, they become a unit. It's no longer several individuals. It is now a team. They're one. And they, they bond in certain ways, though 
uh, one person may not associate well with everyone on the team, they have all learned how to coexist and achieve. And when that, when you start to change the dynamic of the team, you change the team's ability to achieve because people on the team know what to expect from one another. They know that maybe this person isn't going to um, carry 50 boxes in a day. So when another person on the team steps up, carries 52 boxes, then the one person can only have to carry 48 boxes. But they learn to work together. They learn to get the job done. When you play with that mix or when you change that mix, you move a new person in, then there's all the team has to go through rebuilding that synergy all over again, almost from scratch, unless maybe it's somebody that's within the company that, you know, has had some some work within the, in that department. But they have to learn, do that all over again and build that that team synergy try to use not to use the words that are too um i don't know businessy there was this thing a while back but anyway the the team energy the team ability cohesiveness um is what you what you want and and every time you change the team you change that now the the drawback to that is uh, when you have a team that works so well together, it then becomes a little difficult to, depending on how the team is structured and, and how flexible the team is, to make any real changes. So you can't, it's hard to make drastic changes like you're going to take a completely different direction because they bonded as a group and when you make those changes, if you haven't done your change management, you're in for a, you're in for a real rough ride. The seas are going to be choppy. Um, but once you have those those units working together, you can pretty much move them anywhere because they, they it's about relationships. It's about how they work and interact together. And once they they are comfortable with each other and everybody understands what's going on, you can you can. Give them any work, any kind of work you want to give them, and they'll get it done as a team. So I talked earlier about X and Y. And so um, some of the so I'll quickly go over a couple of uh, different management styles under the X and Y. I like the X and Y and I don't hear too many people use it anymore, but they talk about the authoritarian management style or the command and control management style, and that relies on strict hierarchy. Uh, management orders and orders or employees obey. Disobedient employees are punished to ensure fear, uncertainty, and doubt. They use that doubt, that inability that, and I talked earlier about team being cohesive, about they're working together. They're, they're they um, build synergy. Um, the authoritarian doesn't want that synergy because if if a new manager comes in, let's say they don't promote from within the team, they bring a new manager in, a team that's cohesive, a team that's cohesive 
is going to a new manager coming in trying to rewrite the rule books is going to have a difficult time if they don't get in and deal with the relationships first if you're not a part of that team if you if the team doesn't see you as productive or effective or being able to bring value to the team you are in for trouble so when a uh, by keeping teams from being cohesive you can move management in and out and in and out but the one thing that's going to be a, a, an issue is is you're always going to have turnover because when a team is don't have that cohesiveness there's no there's no reason for people to stay most people will take less money to be in an environment where they're happy and productive every day um managers using this tactic uh on their subordinates uh try to in keep instill that fear they want to use guilt and shame uh, to shame their team into compliance. Uh, this includes micromanagers, and everyone has probably worked for a micromanager uh, at some point in their time. They use power and control. Uh, employees are forced into uh, rigid conform, uh, rigid structures, and, and they uh, have to conform to management's ideas. They're not usually allowed to contribute or help in policy making or uh, directions of the company and then the other side is um, you have managers what that their whole job is to get the best out of their employees by giving their employees a stake in how the company runs how the department functions how products are delivered um, how feedback on um, how to make things better. What a lot of times I've seen is, because uh, I, I worked in this environment where a rule comes to our department. This is a rule you've got to follow. And the first thing that everyone has a problem with is we work, we're working with this every day. We're doing this job every day. And the rule that you send down not only makes it more difficult to get done, the, the, it's incohesive with the things that you've asked us to do from before. Because they did not consult the people actually doing the work. They may have looked at a flowchart. They may have gotten information from someone else that says this is what happens in this environment and this is how you can fix this environment. Um, so they make that rule and uh, then there's this period of adjustment because they don't do change management. If you don't prepare employees for things that you have coming, then they're going to push back. That's just a natural part of it. People get comfortable in situations because they know how to function. They know how to avoid being in trouble but when you throw in confusion then they don't know how to avoid trouble they don't know how to avoid difficulties so they become um, 
difficult. Not by intent, but just by our defense. Uh, a couple of other um, types of management styles uh, is the fatherly type, where um, a more motherly type, where the manager wants to save everybody, uh, wants to um, fix everyone's problems, and 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 forget that it's a work environment. Um, I'm going to have to cut it off there just so I meet my dip, my timeline. Um, I will probably pick this up at another time. It's a topic that's really important for me. Um, but, but I do encourage uh, managers and employees to realize that um, they can work together and that everyone has um, something to offer that can be useful to um, the company and themselves. Uh, let me leave it on this. Without the ability to influence subordinates toward goal achievement, a manager cannot be effective. No matter how well-crafted the objectives or how well-organized the resources, nothing can be achieved if employees are unwilling or unable to work toward objectives. Managers who lack the ability to influence subordinates are often ineffective and find it difficult to motivate their workers to increase productivity. News for the week, former Army, Army Infantry Albert Wong killed three women in the nation's largest veterans home in California before killing himself. The bodies of the gunman and the three women he took hostage were found by officers around 6 p.m. on Friday. The women were employees of the nonprofit organization Pathway Home Treatment Program, which is housed on the Veterans Home campus. Wong was a former PTSD patient at the facility before being kicked out of the program. A college professor tells an Asian American couple to go back to your home country. A woman identified in a video as Taryn Olson is a professor and counselor at Golden West Cal College in Hutchinson Beach, California. She has currently been placed on a two-week leave, and the college has said it does not condone the professor's actions. Mostly positive FEMA reports under former President Obama have been removed. As reported by, the, by USA Today, the government watchdog for the Federal Emergency Management Administration has removed a dozen largely positive reports evaluating FEMA's performance under President Obama to several disasters between 2012 and 2016. The 12 reports were rescinded by the Department of Homeland Security's Office of Inspector General because they, quote, may have not adequately answered the objectives and in some cases may have lacked sufficient and appropriate evidence to support conclusions, unquote. And that's quoted from an internal memo issued Thursday. The memo also contains the following, quote, in an abundance of caution, we believe it is best to recall the reports and not reissue them. Links to these stories and, uh, and comments, or I'm sorry, links to these stories will be included in the comments section. That is it for today. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join me. You can replay the video podcast here on YouTube. 
The audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Podcast.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Music Play Store. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. Like and share this video where you find it, and consider leaving a comment because it really does matter. As always, be cool, be calm, but above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>